Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Friday, May 21st. Oil prices are down. The percentage of vaccinated U.S. adults is up past 60%. And we're focused on going back to the movies. 2019 was a record-breaking year for Hollywood, with the global box office hitting over $42 billion. That's actual in-theater ticket sales, not video on demand or subscriptions to streaming services like Disney+. The U.S. total was actually off a tiny bit, but still hit a very respectable $11.4 billion. And then came 2020, and we all stopped going to the movies. The nation's largest theater chain, AMC, nearly went broke. One of its most celebrated boutique chains, Alamo Drafthouse, did file for Chapter 11. Meanwhile, the streamers kind of tried to capitalize, particularly HBO Max, which struck deals to distribute new releases directly to our homes, something that angered a lot of big-name directors and actors and caused theater owners to wonder if their time had passed. Fast forward to today, and a lot is changing very quickly. First, indoor mask and social distancing mandates are disappearing. So are capacity limits. Second, Hollywood has a ton of new blockbusters coming out, many of which were originally supposed to come out last summer. Third, conventional wisdom is that the whole new releases at home experiment was, if not a total dud, certainly not a hit. And the guy who's largely credited with the HBO Max part of that plan is reportedly negotiating his exit, which is another way of saying he's losing his job. So today we want to better understand the past, present, and future of the movie theater business with Shelley Taylor, CEO of Alamo Drafthouse, which remains very much in business despite that bankruptcy filing. Our conversation with Shelley in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Shelley Taylor, CEO of Alamo Drafthouse. Shelley, you join Alamo in April of 2020. You joined a movie theater chain in April 2020. Why? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I, I f- I'm in love with Alamo. I'm in love with the team. So when we started the conversation, if COVID wasn't in existence, and even though it had happened, it just still felt like the right move. We will get through this and we will thrive again. And it's going to be worth the wait. Where do you feel you are right now, kind of in the stage of recovery? What stage of recovery do you think Alamo and the movie theater industry as a whole is at? What we're seeing is that for the limited capacity that we're able to be open, we're selling out, you know, weekend after weekend, week over week improvements with, with, you know, just basic movie slates. We're not having temp, uh, temp poles. So we're pretty excited about that. And then the news this week has been a little bit confusing, but also really exciting to hear that, you know, restrictions are going to continue to be uh, reduced. So we think we're somewhere halfway between. Hopefully around January, we'll be back to regular business. What, if anything, do you think the pandemic has permanently changed about the movie theater experience? If I go to an Alamo next January, it would be different from two Januaries ago. The things that uh, are permanently changed is that we've stood up online ordering for all of our food. You'll still be able to buy your food in advance if that's what you want, um, as well as inside the theater. We'll continue to have enhanced cleaning and sanitation standards, maybe not as as intense as they are right now with COVID, but there's been some good learnings. So our already clean theaters will be even cleaner. 
you know, what won't change, which is more important, is the great service, the great curated movies. And um, quite frankly, we'll still kick you out if you text and talk in our movies. You at one point, I think, said in the midst of the pandemic that, that a lot of your revenue, if not most of your revenue, uh, was coming kind of from private screenings. Do you still think that's going to be a major part of your business or does that dissipate in part because you've got a screen and you can have the general public come for it now? We think that there's something there. It's still a major part of our revenue, and we are working to look at how we continue to evolve that offering. We think we'll become even more interesting and probably can't say much more than that, but hopefully in the next 12 to 18 months, there'll be some cool things coming that you all will want to check out. Shelley, it, it seemed that the pandemic was this test for streaming new releases straight to people's homes as opposed to going to the theater, since the theaters were closed. How do you judge how that experiment has worked? I mean, how do you judge any experiment? It's usually hindsight, but we all have kitchens and people thought that Uber Eats and delivery was going to be the ruin of restaurants. Yet I can't get a I can't get a reservation if I'm not booking at least a week to two weeks in advance right now. So I think that people continue to watch content, whatever format they want. And they'll still watch it at home. They already are coming back to the theater and they're going to continue to because you don't get that immersive experience with no distractions, quite frankly, that your home presents without it. You know, I think that they'll be both and appreciate what the studios are trying to do. But we're really focused more on how do we get people back in the theater and give them the best possible experience. You say you appreciate what the studios are trying to do. You know, studios and, and theaters have always worked hand in glove. They, they are, they've always been partners uh, just by nature. Are you pissed at the studios? Because it does seem that some of them, at least over the past year, have basically thrown you guys to the side. I, I don't know. Pissed sometimes, right? Like, it's always frustrating when you don't have control over your product. And, and that's the situation for theaters and studios is that we don't have control. They do. I, I think that they've learned a lot, and I do believe that they're they're better understanding what consumers want, and consumers want both. And we shouldn't be dictating when and how consumers put the put the emotions aside. I think as we move forward, there's been a lot learned, and that you will continue to see fluctuations of windows and all of that. What won't stop is great movie making and directors and talent wanting the silver screen and wanting those exclusives. And we'll continue to deliver against that. And I think we're, we're making some pretty good business cases of, of why people are coming back and, and why studios want to work more with us versus maybe against us. You say there'll be fluctuations in windows, the kind of that, that movie theater exclusivity window Right now, what we seem to be seeing, at least for some of the bigger releases coming out, are going to be simultaneous, right? A uh, film comes out in the theater and also comes out option on streaming. Do you think that's how it works long term? Or do you think that, that, you know, a year from now, assuming the capacity limits are gone and mask mandates are gone, that that exclusivity window returns and, and that a film doesn't come out at my house at the same time as it comes out at your theater? I, I believe the exclusivity window is going to come back. Directors and talent and audiences, quite frankly, want movies in the theater. So I think that the demand will, you know, the, the economics will be there for, for studios to make that decision. I think this last year is just impossible to judge. We just, we all had restrictions placed upon us and, and everyone did what they could to survive. Do you believe there are going to be a significant number of new theaters which open and emerge or, or do we just kind of have, at least for the while, a limited, uh, more limited capacity? I think there'll be a limited capacity for a while. You know, I think that there were some areas that were probably over screened. And so this is a little bit of right sizing. I think 
for anyone right now. We're just watching to see how regulations change and movie going does return before you start doubling down against growth. Now, having said that, we've got um, five theaters currently in process to new theaters that have yet to open that will open over the next 24 months. So we're still bullish on the industry. Obviously, a lot of the challenges you've faced have been health. A lot have been regulatory. What's the biggest challenge you currently face that you and Alamo are in sole control of solving? I guess what we control and will always be our biggest challenge is when people do go out um, in the evenings, just like for us, we don't, we've never considered streaming our competitor. When you're going out, you're going out. The question is, what do you do with that time and disposable income? And so our, our best way of competing, because we're competing against everything then for that day slot, um, is to be the best we can be. And so what we continue to do and, and our focus is, are we hiring absolutely the smartest, best, kindest, coolest people in the world? We sure are. Are we working with the best franchisees ever? We sure are. And then are we delivering the best food and experience? And are we continuing to innovate against that? Yes. And so that's what we're going to continue to do is just be the best movie experience out there. And, and then there's no nothing to worry about. And we control that 100%. Shelly, final question for you. Give me the one movie you are most looking forward to seeing over the next few months? Oh my gosh. Well, for me, it's Black Widow. You know, just the whole female cast. I hate to say it, but I love female superheroes. It's good for all of us women, us girls. Shelly Taylor, CEO of Alamo Drafthouse, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Super fun. Welcome back. What we're watching today are cows. Hungry, very hungry cows. Nearly half of America right now is in drought condition, with a concentration in the West where lots of cattle ranches sit. What that means is that pastures aren't greening up, causing lots of those ranchers to lead their cows to slaughter early. Three things to know. First, 2021 is the fastest moving drought since something called the Drought Monitor began more than 20 years ago. Two, cow slaughters this past March were up 10% year over year, hitting more than a decade-long high. Three, there are big fears that another hot summer is on the way, which would make the situation even worse not only for pastures, but also for growing grain feed, whose prices are already skyrocketing. The bottom line, America needs rain, a lot more rain. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, Justin Kaufman, and Ben O'Brien. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you're not already subscribing or following the podcast, please do so. Have a great national strawberries and cream day. And we'll be back Monday with a special series from Axios Recap.